We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are going to embark on a bracket-style tournament. I took some inspiration because I knew we were going to do a, a bracket today. I took some inspiration from the post game yesterday because, as you said, John, Fuddy's comment of this was the best win of the season. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of reflection, however, whenever the season ends, on what was like the moment of this season. And we are in the middle of March Madness here in the United States, in which a tournament of 68 schools, I believe, shout out Fairleigh Dickinson, which is right here in New Jersey. Shout out to uh, Princeton, which is right here in New Jersey. These two local schools that advanced as 15 and 16 seeds in their tournament. Um, St. Peter's last year. St. Peter's last year. That's right. So it's multiple local schools. Are Although Iona lost, right? Yeah, Iona's not. Iona's out and Fordham didn't even make it. Regardless, making history as a 16 seed, beating a number one for the second time ever. All of this is part of a tradition in college basketball called one shining moment. And in my view, I don't know if you guys disagree with this. When I think of one shining moment and the tournament, it's that these specific players have a moment and you remember, oh, Steph Curry, his moment in the tournament that year, Jimmy Fredette, his moment in the tournament that year. And it's where legends are made based off of a game, a one uh, moment, one shot performance. And I wanted to look back at the last 25 years of Knicks basketball and come up with the Knicks one shining moment bracket. So this isn't like Knicks made the finals 99. This isn't Knicks won 54 games. It's more in the spirit of, I say a player, you think of the moments in which their greatness stood out to you. So, for example, the number one seed in this bracket is Allen Houston's game winner against the Miami Heat in 1999. A very obvious number one. The number two seed is Larry Johnson's four-point play. So this is a moment in which a great player is rewarded. What a player! I'm looking. A player at, has I'm a great moment. Some of these a interests. player has a great moment. Or now the moment could be one game. The moment could be one shot. So. Um, I am now going to hand it over to you two. And John, how about you take three through 10 in the moments? Okay. Um, I, what is, oh, am I reading them off? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Folks at home, you have no idea how much heavy lifting this man has to do just to get me to appear coherent. Yes. Okay. Again, explicit instructions. So the, the three seed, which is playing two 14 seeds, read the number three. 
Jeremy Lin, 38 at the Garden. Number four seed, Jeremy Lin on Valentine's Day. Number five seed, Carmelo Anthony, Eastern Sunday, 2012 versus Chicago. Number six seed, Randall's game winner versus the Heat. Number seven seed, RJ's butter buzzer beater versus Boston. And the number eight, eighth seed, RJ's buzzer beater. Oh, I did that twice, didn't I? Hold yes, on. You did. <laughs> I didn't screw it up. No. Wow. Look, at this is live producing now. So, Jeremy, I'm going to switch up what the eight seed is. It's something else. Jeremy, you read nine through. I don't have uh, the link. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's in the chat. I clicked on that. It didn't have it. The very top link. All this has to stay in. It's no, it's all. not. It's not there. There is no very. The very top link is the spreadsheet. And then the sheet two in the sheet middle. Two. Sheet, sheet two. So. Folks at home, it was not. It was not. Sorry, sorry. At all clear. I am not You're right. I didn't say of the blame for that. But you no. know who figured it out? <laughs> the old coot. This guy. John yeah. knew how to go to the second tab of Excel spreadsheet. Amazing. There you go. How I'm you doing? Off. I'm reading off from ten. That's read from ten down. Nine, nine down. Nine, nine down. Nine down. Mm. John strikes again. Number nine is Alioup to Toppin. Uh. Number 10 is IQ's 38 points in the double overtime versus Boston win. Number 11 is David Lee's 0.1 second buzzer beater. Number 12 is Porzingis's 37 and 11 game versus the Lakers. 13 to play in. You have Obi Toppin 42 and 10 against the Raptors the end of last year. And then you have Jamal Crawford's go-ahead three in Denver, which I want to say was 2006. Yes. 14, another play-in. It is Michael Beasley's 32 points versus the Celtics and Allen Houston's 53 points versus the Lakers. 15, J.R. Smith's buzzer beater versus Orlando versus another 15 seed of J.R. Smith's buzzer beater versus the Suns happen in back-to-back games. And then finally, number 16, Trey Burke, 42 and 12 and Alexi Shved, a near triple double. He was just a few shy. So those are the candidates for the one shining moment bracket. How- Any objections before I decide what the ET is now going to be? I, again, I don't know what college basketball mid conference is like considered the worst conference, but whatever that conference is, whatever that mid major conference is, we need to go down like four levels down from that to like division eight or something. Uh, the Alexei Shved near triple double <laughs> must have won that conference tournament to get into this tournament because I don't know. I have no recollection of whatever the hell that game was. Anyway, that's the deep cut where um, exactly. if you were still watching the Knicks in 2015, like I was watching them. I just, I've but to, to, to take a moment of an, a, a near uh, an Alexi Sved near triple double, then kudos to you, my friend. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, our new number eight seed, we should say, uh, Emmanuel Quickly's fourth quarter uh, comeback versus Miami, Miami last, last year. year. Yes, yeah. last year's fourth quarter comeback, which was led mm-hmm. by IQ in Miami, which was awesome. Okay. So we're doing the play-ins first. We'll do the play-ins first. The two 16 seeds. We have Trey Burke in going 42 and 12 against the uh, Charlotte, Hornets Charlotte Hornets 2018 and the Alexi Sved near triple double. Now this is between you two. If there's consensus either way, we move on. I'm the tiebreaker. So okay. John, what's the winner? Considering I don't remember the Shred game uh, and I remember the Burke game very well. That was a really exciting game 
unfortunately, they lost, even though wins and losses certainly did not matter at that point in that season. Uh, I'll go with the Burke game. Okay. I will also go with the Burke game, but that Shved game, yeah, if you know, you know. And I remember that one. So. I'm trying to go to the box score. Do you remember the, the seat? It's happened in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. I, okay. It's all right. So it's, it was. It's all, they've already moved on. Congratulations. Right, but I want to pull, I want to give people context <laughs> of this thing. I, I don't think. Okay. We think, yeah. So he had, oh, this is back to back games. He could have, we could have done this. So he had 21, 10, and seven against Utah and a loss. But the next game came back with 14, 11, and six in a W. Okay. Against the Lakers. Oh my gosh. Well, they weren't I, exactly the Lakers. No, yes, that's, that's the, right. the Lakers Lord. lost like that's the that's the year the Lakers and Knicks were both with uh, 60 plus losses. That okay. was the D Lo year. Yeah, yes, the D Lo Corzingis year. You're right. This is way more uh airtime than Alexi Schved should get on this. Congratulations, Alexi Schved, on moving on. Uh, uh of of uh, getting a limit making the tournament and then getting eliminated. Uh, the two 15 seeds are two J.R. Smith buzzer beaters. Now, this is where the benefit of me creating the bracket happens. Say, yeah. These are two moments from the 2013 season. I remember 12, them. 13. 12, 13 season. Yes. Um, important correction. Uh, J.R. Smith had a buzzer beater at the beginning of the t- December against Orlando. And then a couple weeks later, had another buzzer beater against the Phoenix Suns. And this suddenly came like a thing that like J.R. Smith's just going to hit buzzer beaters. And that's how the Knicks are going to win 50 games this year. Um, do either of you care which one moves on? No, no. Nope. Okay. The Phoenix one was more fun. So that one's moving on. There we go. Congratulations. Um, so the 14 seed play in. So this is where I think I'm going to end up being a tiebreaker here. Cause the Michael Beasley game happened in 2018 during that season, 17, 18. I remember that. Um, the Porzingis had one point and left the game early with an injury. This was against the Celtics. It was on TNT too. And Michael Beasley came off the bench and just like didn't miss for two straight quarters and had 32 points and led the Knicks to a victory early enough in the season where we thought maybe the season could be like a sneaky eight seed before the play-in existed. Um, So that's the Michael Beasley game against the Celtics. And then a game I remember very well from 2000. Two or three. Um, hold on, I have the box score here. It's from 2003. So Allen Houston went into Staples Center at the time. Kobe Bryant was in the midst of a streak. Where I believe he had 10 straight games of 40 points 40 or more. more. Yep. And Allen Houston in this game had 17, had, I forget the actual breakdown by quarter, but I kept score of this game from my house as like a nerdy little 15 year old. Wild. And uh, Allen Houston had 53 points on 29 shots. He actually missed two free throws down the stretch trying to ice the game. So could have had 55 points, but he had a 20 point second quarter, a 17 point third quarter, and then iced the game with 13 in the fourth to win. So those are the two uh, 14 seeds. I remember the Beasley game. Uh, I'm going with the Houston game. Okay. Jeremy. Houston, Houston, Houston doesn't get nearly enough credit historically for this franchise. Jeremy. Two reasons I'm going with the Beasley game. <laughs> Number one, Allen Houston has even better than this one already on the bracket. Number two, the one shining moment concept is this player's one brilliant moment of Ooh. glory as a Nick. It's got to be Michael Beasley. I also don't remember the Houston game, so I'm going to go with Beasley. I'll do you in. You were 
2003. You were eight. I was probably turning eight. At eight years old. Okay. I actually like your argument, Jeremy, for Michael Beasley and the fact that it it um, builds a hero out of like a nobody. Although mm-hmm. that's kind of rude to Michael Beasley. By the way, he had 32 and 12 in this game on 20 shots. This is, give it to Beasley. This box score is nuts. Plus 18 in the game. Oh, I'm going Allen Houston. This is this is way too <sighs> close to home for me not to go with Allen Houston. There's another Allen Houston one. Right. I hope they both win. Um, I'm going to vote against Allen Houston just the rest of the game. So you're going to pick Trey Burke going 42 and 12 against Allen Houston. Yeah. Okay. I'm going Allen Houston's 53 points against the Lakers. Um, I agree with John that he is not given enough credit for his contributions to this franchise. And the last playing game, last game of the season last year, Obi top in 42 and 10 against Toronto. Um, A validation for some, especially in pastor Claudio's Obi hive. And then it was their only win in Denver until this season. Um, but in 2006, a Jamal Crawford, go- it's ironic that this is off of a Carmelo Anthony turnover, a Jamal Crawford go ahead three for the win in Denver in 2006. Uh, Jeremy, you go first. I'm going to go with Obi on this one because the significance of the, as great as the Jamal Crawford one was, it would not be on this list if the Knicks had won even one game in between 2006 and 2022 in Denver. Um, Especially if it were like a few years after that, right? Like it just was not, it was a cool moment. It was a shining moment. It wasn't, it was a shining moment. It wasn't one shining moment. So to me, I'm going to give it to Obi. Because 42 points, even if the opponent is resting some of their players, was phenomenal. And on a personal note, Obi Toppin, I believe that was the last game of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That gave me the victory against John in the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. I owe it to Obi. I appreciate that. Obi's that, got my vote. That almost makes me want to pick against Obi, but I'm going to go with Obi. Can I just say one more thing about the Beasley thing and why I'm... Sorry, not to go back, but like the reason why I, I wouldn't vote for that also... That was not Michael Beasley's one shining moment for the Knicks. He had 30 points in a game in which the Knicks destroyed the Oklahoma City Thunder in the comeback or in the return game, the the welcome home game, whatever game for Carmelo Anthony, his first Mm. game against the Knicks as a member of the Thunder and Chris Upsworth sat out and Beasley started a power forward that game. That, my friend, is Michael Beasley's one shining moment for the Knicks. I don't remember any of that. I remember Mello leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably wearing a Mello OKC jersey that night. I remember Carmelo Anthony getting a loud ovation to the masses and the the sorrow that was felt by a fan base that didn't appreciate their hero where, while he was here. Um, anyway, blacked out. And that, yeah, <laughs> then I hit pause on the controller. Anyway, um, now let's do the full bracket. So we have the one against the 16 seed, Alan Houston's running jumper to eliminate the Miami Heat in the 1999 NBA playoffs first round, just the second time in NBA history at the time that an eight seed defeated a one seed um, against Trey Burke going 42 and 12 against the Charlotte Hornets. Jeremy. So- I'm going to go with Trey Burke. Trey Burke. Okay. Just as a protest then, vote. Even though I know and would vote for Alan Houston, I'm going Trey Burke. Okay. And then it's John? Spread on this game. 42 and a half? A little bit. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Houston. Okay. I'm also going Alan Houston as a tiebreaker. We can Rigged. talk more about it later. Rigged election. The 8-9 matchup. IQ's fourth quarter comeback last year uh, against the Heat. Um, and then 
in quotes, it's alley-oop to Toppin. That's the alley-oop from Alec Burks to Obi Toppin in game two. The only game the Knicks won in the playoffs in the We Here season. Um, what was tough about making this bracket, this is the only game I have or moment I have from the We Here season. And it, it felt like I tried to go back and find which game it was that Randall in the postgame said, New York, We Here. And oh, it was yeah. like it was like a double digit win, so it didn't really like there was a four, yeah. one of the forty point games. I thought about the, the Atlanta game where Randall had forty points. I thought that could have been it. The Dallas game where Randall had forty five on the road during the winning streak. I thought could have been it. There's a Reggie Bullock game that I thought could have been where he had like a big stop against the Magic and the whole team. The Big Fifteen came on the court. Yeah. I thought this was the apex of that season. Was hearing Breen yell alley-oop to top in and it's bedlam here in the garden and that's still my screensaver now that i think about it on my my uh computer whenever i load up so um that's the reason why alley-oop to top in is the candidate here john i'll go alley-oop to top in with all due respect to a great game miami the best win of last season uh i'll go alley-oop to top in we need a we here moment jeremy I will also go with Aliyup to Toppin because it wasn't, as we discussed even off air, it wasn't so much about Obi. It was about the representation of the whole team and that pandemic year and everything. So it's got to be that one. By the way, freaking Detroit choked down the They Detroit ate it? Yeah. They tanked it. their they, way into mm-hmm. a They were winning with like four and a half, five minutes left in that game. My 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 phone stopped working to play the game, and then I obviously had to jump on with you guys when it was ninety one ninety Heat, oh ninety one ninety uh, Pistons, and it appears that the Heat went on a thirty two to nine run yeah. to end the game. So but, thank you, okay. Detroit. Enjoy being losers. Okay. <laughs> um, next up is uh, Valentine's Day. Jeremy Lin's buzzer beater against the Toronto Raptors during Lin Sanity against Obi Toppin going for forty two and ten. Also against the Toronto Raptors. So two wins over the Raptors. John, do I need to ask where you're going with this? I mean, this is this is a top five Knicks moment for me, for sure. So yeah, it's going to be Lynn on Valentine's Day. Okay. Jeremy. Jeremy Lynn on Valentine's Day. Okay. Your namesake. There you yes. go. Uh, next up, <laughs> I'm very curious what the vote is about to be here. Carmelo Anthony on Easter Sunday, 2012. Hit a three-pointer against Tom Thibodeau and the Bulls to tie it and send it into overtime. Then hit a three-pointer in overtime to take the lead. The Knicks win 100-99 against the Chicago Bulls. Then the 12 seed is Kristaps Porzingis. I, I had to put a KP moment on here. Of course. I took the game against the Lakers. It was a nationally televised game that went into overtime. And the Knicks won, obviously. And he had 37-11. and 11. And that was a moment where that's the, the the apex I thought in which everybody was like, oh, maybe the Knicks actually have a guy like they're This is like officially a thing, you know, and then that's when the injury started to kick in. And then obviously the ACL happened the next season, well, the next year, I should say. Uh, who goes so first? It's five verse 12. Jeremy, you went last time. So, Jeremy, you go. I'm going to go with Mello. OK, Um I mean, it was a great game by Porzingis. I feel like a runner-up to that one for Porzingis would have been if his fingernails were, or his fingertips were just a little shorter. Almost yeah. Like if he released the ball a fraction of a second uh, sooner oh. in the game against the Hornets, 
in Charlotte, but oh, I, I was watching that game on. Del- sorry, and Dolores had like a ten inch TV that we were for some reason watching that game on. Yeah. So, oh. with all due respect to KP, it's got to be the mellow game, especially because that season was a great year against <sighs> the Bulls. Forget mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to go mellow game also only because I will, will not be going with the mellow game in the next round. That said, I do have a, 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 a well, I mean, come on. It's going up against the Lynn Valentine's they shot. Um, but I will say something that I, not that I've noticed, but something I, I was thinking about last night because I was going back over old Jokic games and the one uh, time that Jokic lost to us before yesterday was when KP put up 38 against Denver in an absolutely phenomenal performance early in the 2017-18 season. Like, there is a little bit of KP erasure that has gone on and I think there's still like certain feelings about the exit and the whole thing. Like, that dude, that was a moment here, you know? Like, it was a real moment. That was a, He was really good and it wasn't just the one year when they started off hot too. Like, he was really good and he was really, he was, a, he was on... Pay, uh, on track to become a really great player in franchise history until landed the wrong way. But just want to note that he sucks. Um, okay, the so Mello moves on. Um, I will actually second that. Going through the talking to um, the guy that did the the interview with him when they Knicks played the Wizards. Yeah, and then yep. I had him on just like to see just how much of growing up. Porzingis has done. Um, I can respect being 21, 22 yeah. and not knowing better and Maybe you know, then being older and realizing you could have done things better. Okay, next should be an easy one. The three seed Jeremy Lin, 38 at the Garden against the Lakers. 14th seed Allen Houston, 53 points. This had worked out perfectly against the Lakers. John, you're up. Uh, one of these games had a documentary made after about it, and the other did not. So I'm going to go with the 38 at the Garden. Yes. Jeremy. 38 at the Garden. 38 at the Garden. It's clean sweep. Great. Next up. Um, Ooh, this is actually one. is an interesting one. So the David Lee... So we'll start with the six seed, which is Randall's game winner two weeks ago against the Miami Heat. Um, then it's David Lee's winner... It's one of the weird, the crazier buzzer beaters I've ever seen. Wild against Michael Jordan and the Bulls with Jordan sitting courtside. That shot of Jordan with Knicks fans surrounding him being heckled is one of my favorite Michael Jordan moments. To be clear, he wasn't playing. No, that's okay. Like for some reason, I I guess this does need to be clarified. Michael Jordan, (laughs) when he was the owner of the Charlotte Bobcats, yes, that's and was sitting courtside at the Knicks game against the Bobcats in two thousand. Is it seven or oh eight? I forget. Okay, regardless, this he's sitting courtside. There's point one tenths of a second left, and um, David Lee gets a lob from the inbound pass and just taps it with the top of his fingernails and that technically can be a buzzer beater and he gets it to go in. Um, it's one of the weirder buzzer beaters I've ever seen. Uh, Jeremy, you get to decide. It's a weird one. It's impressive. It's phenomenal in the heat of the moment. It was not a step back three in a pivotal game that the Knicks were leading where Randall almost lost the ball, recovered it, and then put his hands up like Patrick Ewing going to the 94 finals. It mm. is Julius Randall over David Lee. And then ran over Tom Thibodeau in the process. And uh, that, this is just this is just a rough draw for David Lee, uh, which stinks <laughs> for him, but it's it's Randall. Yes, I agree. 
There's a a version of this season where if the Knicks like make a deep run, that Randall moment gets like immortalized in ways that the top two at the top of the, I mean, the, the, the this bracket do. The that night, like in the post game, we were, there was the conversation was like, is this the greatest regular season Knicks mm-hmm. moment? I I don't know since the nineties. Like that's what the talk was. So yes, I agree. Um, okay, again, rough draw, but that's why I picked two um, for the fifteen seeds. I don't, I don't feel uh, bad about this. I just okay, so I do. Um, Jr. Because this is the only Jr. Smith moment, and well, I think okay, it's the only Larry Johnson moment. That's yeah, that's true. Like, the Larry Johnson moment obviously means a lot more. <laughs> one of those uh, guys played in the NBA Finals for the New York Knicks, and the other one did not. Oh, I just realized what I accidentally. Oh wow! All right, congrats, guys. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. I'll explain in a second. I realized why there's two. There was two RJ ones. I I accidentally copy and pasted over one that now doesn't get to make the bracket. Okay, let's do the two fifteen. Larry Johnson's four point play against J.R. Smith against the Phoenix Suns. Congratulations, uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Can I make a suggestion? What? Can we have it be like WrestleMania, where I, I think this is WrestleMania, where someone like runs in like midway through the event <laughs> and can like. <laughs> Okay, we're in, I'd like to see that in an actual March Madness. So uh, I'm realizing now what happened when I was I, full disclosure behind the scenes. I used Google Docs to make the list of 20 moments. Uh-huh. Um, I guess yeah, 20 moments, and then I copy and pasted each one at a time into a personally made bracket in Google Sheets. I copied RJ's line twice and didn't bring over Mello scoring 62 points. Okay, so how about right. this? Here we go. This is what we're going to do. Executive decision. Larry Johnson's play moves on. Mm-hmm. Let's decide 7-10 now, and then I'll give you my suggestion. Who okay. goes first for this? this 7 is, is by so the way... 7-10 is RJ's buzzer beater against the Celtics, and then IQ's 38 and double OT against the Celtics. Okay. Um, I'm going IQ's 38 and double OT versus the Celtics. Jeremy? Okay. Ooh, the 10 seed moving on. I... I can't do it. I gotta go with RJ's buzzer beater. Ooh, ooh. Okay. See here, here. But oh, here's the other time. Here's the thing for my perspective, where IQ's win felt n- more impressive in that moment, based on the fact that it was an exhausting game. Knicks were riding a winning streak. There, there's more to it. Like there's there's never going to be something that replaces the reaction we all had while watching it live. The three of us, the people on Patreon, it was incredible playback. Being able to bask in a shot that doesn't go in how many times, right? As Spolster would say, 99 out of 100 times. So that's why I'm going to give it to RJ. But Andrew, I think I know where you're going to lead. That's I'm going RJ buzzer beater versus okay. Boston. Yeah. The, okay. the suddenness of a buzzer beater is always going to trump. What I will say is a ve- it was the IQ coming out party that might win him sixth man of the year. But I'll go RJ's buzzer beater against Boston. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. 
Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, 
You can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. So now here's my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Out of the, not out of the gate, out of the out of the dressing room, out of the where, wherever the wrestlers emerge from, comes Carmelo Anthony's sixty-two point game to try to wrestle the this semifinal berth or quarterfinal berth, whatever we're at, from RJ Buzzer Beater at the Boston at Boston. Let's or versus Boston, excuse me. Let's do one more vote. 62 or RJ buzzer beater versus Boston. So can I but see this should not, this shouldn't be the head to head. That's the, why one. not? Jeremy's hit cousin. That was supposed to be the eight seed. And our so bracket, our rules, right? So I'm going to instead offer that mellow 62 points takes on OB alley-oop to top in. Oh, what? Not because you want to pick Obi over. No, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. He's also well. It's losing anyway. At least this gives Melo uh, sixty-two a chance to move on. That's fair. So let's go back to the eight-nine oh. and now say, fine. Melo sixty-two points, the mm -hmm. current record at Madison Square Garden, um, and Nick's record overall. Um, right. Or alley-oop to Toppin, John. Alley-oop to Toppin, Jeremy. <laughs> Easily. I'm gonna go Mellow sixty two. Okay. Mellow moves oh, on. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Mellow sixty two points. Now we get right, now we're back to one versus eight. One Great. versus eight. Alan, Alan Houston. Houston. Let's do the thing. Alan Houston game winner against the Heat. Carmelo Anthony's sixty two points, which is the Knicks record. Great. Go home, Mellow. Alan Houston game winner versus the Heat. Jeremy. I know it's gonna go. So yeah, let's just do Alan Houston. I would also pick Alan Houston. Yeah. That's yes. why I knew where it was gonna go. No. Great. Did we give love, love Mello, but Alan Houston's game winner against the Heat is yes. the moment I became a Knicks fan. So do we do we give enough love to 62 points in a game that meant nothing in a season that meant nothing? I swear to God. But what did what did Linsanity mean other than like a everything culturally to people that two straight sports illustrated covers? It had a documentary made about it. So Mello's never been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh my god. Move on, please, for the love of God. <laughs> I'm glad that it meant a lot of lot to the Asian community. That's my biggest takeaway from 38 The Garden. Anyone who's ever been an underdog. Right. Uh, to a lot of people that never did anything, he meant a lot to them. And, you know, then we moved on. Um, okay. The four, the next round, the next bracket is Jeremy Lin, speaking of, on Valentine's Day. Oh, it's worked out perfect. Carmelo Anthony Easter Sunday. Oh, what do you know? Wow. Who, who picks first here? Jeremy, go. Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Jeremy Lynn. As will I. Oh, Oof. Wow. Mellow blues. Sorry. Back to yeah. back rounds. Back Don't to back first. <laughs> Listen, I, I got him to, I got, I got him mixed in there for the second round. I'll take it. Apparently, uh, Cupid defeats Jesus in this bracket. What? <laughs> Valentine's Day versus. Oh. Took, <laughs> <laughs> I, Took a minute to land the plane, but yeah. he did. Well done. I, I Okay, speaking of Jeremy Lin, uh, the three seed here in the second round against the six seed. Um, 
Jeremy Lin, 38 the Garden against Julius Randle, his game tough. winner against the Heat. John. Oh, um, yeah, you're up first. This is tough. Uh, I, man. Hmm. You know, only because the other Jeremy Lin moment is already in the final four. Uh, I'm going to go with the Randall game winner. Um, mm. I believe this is a special season, and I believe that may go down as the most special moment of this very special season. Jeremy. So entering this game, this is what Kobe Bryant had to say about Jeremy Lin. I know who he is, but I don't really know what's going on too much with him. I don't even know what he's done. Like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'll take a look at it tonight, though. He took a look at it that night, and Jeremy Lin scored 38 in the garden. Incredible moment. Fantastic. I'm going with Julius Randle. Yeah. Just based on the fact that we have a Jeremy Lin signature moment based on how the... If it were these two head-to-head, I would have picked this one over that one. But Randle deserves to have his signature moment as well and the importance of those two moments it's hard to weigh them i think you could say as an icon culturally everything it should go to jeremy lynn upsets happen for a reason in march so, and it's julius randall it's, so you think head-to-head 38 at the garden would beat valentine's day i do as That's impressive funny, as valentine's day was and it was incredibly so it also wasn't a buzzer beater it wasn't technically. It was, hey, we've got a few. Like, same as how the Jamal Crawford wasn't a buzzer beater. Same. It's close. It's Julius Randle's. This is not like but, a buzzer beater. Yeah. Right. But with that being said, that also wasn't Julius's only shot of the game, yeah. right? Like, he had 40 some odd points. Well, that wasn't Jeremy Lin's only yeah. shot. Of course. Of well, I, I know. Either. But, but with, I'm saying that Randle's, the amount of points that he had, the fact that he played such a pivotal role, I mean, he was red hot in that first quarter, too. Yeah, all the moments that was one of Julius's best. I have to give it to him. I'll just say the 38 was one of the most amazing things ever. And it was like, again, it was the what was it? The fourth game of Linsanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like it kept building and building and building. And that was the crescendo at that point. The Valentine's Day shot was the thing that made me believe in miracles. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream. Uh, okay, next uh, next matchup. Larry Johnson's four point play: the two seed against R.J. Barrett's buzzer beater against Boston, the seven seed. Uh, this is Jeremy, right? Larry mm-hmm. Johnson. Oh, Larry Johnson, easily. Can we just reminisce about that game against the Celtics last year and like how it, it was very clear this season is going off the rails, and then. There's this 24-point comeback in which the Celtics hit every single three-pointer, it felt like. And then IQ and Randall. This was the thumbs-down game. Um, Fournier decides, I'm just going to not miss any threes the rest of the game. Hit, I believe, 10 threes as I'm pulling up the box score. Um, And then RJ's buzzer beater to to win the game. And look, it was his 13th, uh, 11th, 12th, and 13th point was this three-pointer. Um, there's also a, on the one-year anniversary of January 6th. So Celtics fans had two year, two reasons to be upset that night. Um, sorry. <laughs> 17 for 45 from three, the Celtics that night. Um, it, was a, it was a wild night, but 
I early I love playback your, too. What's that? Early playback too. So. Yeah, for sure. And it was a it was a wild night. It was very cool to have it be done on playback and the whole thing. And I think Jeremy, you nailed it. Why it was special. I more think of the other side of it, which is like one. I. <laughs> Kind of think it was a lucky shot. I don't think he called glass. And two, we kind of knew that that season was going off the rails. And it was like, it was, I mean, we, I need, like, we, I think we all needed that win just to like stay. It felt like we needed delay the inevitable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like just stay afloat and get get another couple, you know, gasps of air. Um, But like, yeah, we we knew that season was headed. Two things better to be lucky than good. That's fair. And also the a reason why I mean Larry Johnson's four point play is key for many reasons. One significant being how huge of a shot it was. With that said, what holds this back is the fact that the Celtics actually attribute this loss towards helping yep. re like revamp their entire season, which led to them being two wins away from an NBA championship. Yep. Fortunately, they did not win a championship that year. With that said, it's Larry Johnson. Case closed. Okay. Um, final four. We've got <laughs> Alan Houston in 99 against the Heat. Jeremy Lin on Valentine's Day. Julius Randle, game winner against the Heat. Larry Johnson's four-point play. We start with Alan Houston, the game winner in 99 against the Heat, against Jeremy Lin on Valentine's Day. John, you're first. I'm trying to think of inappropriate real life basketball comparison of an Eastern or Western conference finals that just everybody knew was the finals and not only just like Mm. the finals, but these are not only the two best teams this year, these may be two of the best teams of like, you know, this like a stretch of many years in, in basketball, like maybe we never really got that great Lakers Spurs matchup because the Spurs were kind of down and the Lakers were up in the, or, you know, in the Kobe Shaq years. So that's, I don't, what do you mean? You, th- you think that there was one big time Western conference matchup between the Lakers and Spurs where it was like, these they are clear- played each other every year for four years. I know, years but I never, final. I never got the feeling like we were watching. Yeah, no, but I never got the feeling like any one of those matchups were like, these are two of the best teams of like this era. I thought, facing off against each other. I thought, Oh, one, there was a chance you could make that case. Okay. But the, the, that was a sweep. So it was tough to like the way that Kobe yeah, that's the thing. playing that year. And then Oh three, the Lakers were kind of running on fumes and it took a weird game five to turn the series. But that was, that was again, oh, the two against the three. Yeah, but like you said, the, running on fumes and, but again, cause they were, had been to finals three straight years, but that was a two, two series and a Robert Ory three away from making it three, two Lakers. And the following year, was also that's a Derek Fisher shot. So yeah. Yeah, well, that the reason why that the reason why one. that's probably not remembered as much is because what happened to the Lakers in the finals. But that was a year where the semis was kind of looked at as we're probably looking at our champion. And then, you know, it didn't end up happening. I think the most recent example that you could go to is Warriors Rockets. Warriors Rockets twenty eighteen, yeah. where you knew winner of this series is winning the title. And even that I don't feel whatever. I don't think there's a great comp because for me, this is this is my favorite moment as a Knicks fan versus the. I again, I it's, it was the moment I believed in magic. Oh God! I mean, I got I, I have to go with Houston. I just have to, Jeremy. So here's the challenge 
now for me where there are two moments here where I wasn't a Knicks fan at that point. And they're both on the opposite sides of the bracket. With that being said, if we're talking about, you know, lore of the, of the Knicks, it's hard not to go with Allen Houston. Like I don't as impressive as Lynn sanity was, this kind of feels like a fitting end to Lynn sanity in the sense of it was a great run. It didn't have the largest impact. No, it crashed the party, but it just didn't have the momentum to really win at all. It's got to be Allen Houston. Oh, it's, it's hard. Mm. I, I mean, you have to ask me twice. The Allen Houston running jumper again is the moment I became a Knicks it, fan. So I, I wish we were bigger college basketball fans right now because I guarantee you there was a Final Four game where the two, clearly like the two best teams in the country faced off with each other, and then the winner like. You know, someone won in a close game, and then the winner like romped in the final. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that level of college fan. Okay, let's move on to the other side. So Randall's game winner against the Heat against Larry Johnson's four point play. So John, you said something recently that the Larry Johnson, so the RJ buzzer beater. We were talking about that. That mm-hmm. it was kind of a lucky shot. Can we can we have a moment of honesty with each other, all of us? About Randall? About Randall's three point should have been a turnover. Yes. Like lost the ball twice. And then the, yeah. the three that he took, we've yelled at him for taking many a time. And it went in and we were like, that's why but you and XJ nailed it. It was the the microcosm of the entire Julius yeah. Randall experience all in one, where he almost turned the ball over twice, hurled up a three when you had multiple teammates calling for the ball and oh. still hit a and hit it. So we're okay with it. And it's like, hey, Julius Randall. That last part, the, the second part, the first part, I completely agree about the turnover. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Hero did not offer a great contest on that shot. Like that was I once he got the ball back. Like I, I don't mind Randall taking that shot. I, you know, I, I thought it was pure and counter. That's the best contest Tyler Hero can give. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, okay, we've uh, against Larry Johnson's four point play, and if we're doing a, this is why this is actually an appropriate uh, matchup. We're going to do a moment of honesty. How, uh, how, how much of a foul was that? I know he grabs his arm. He's not on the way up. This is a sticking point. You want to talk to Caitlin Cooper about this? With every Pacer fan. They're like the most bogus four-point play. Like Knicks fans celebrate it and Antonio Davis barely touches him. He's also not He's on the floor, if anything. It should have been two shots. He still needed to hit the free throw. He Mm -hmm. hit the free throw. Um, All due respect to Julius, this isn't close. It's it's Larry Johnson. Well, it's Jeremy. Jeremy's turn to go first. So it's Jeremy. Oh, Larry sorry. Johnson. Sorry, sorry. Larry Johnson, and then John. Jeremy picked Larry Johnson. Yes, yes. I, I also picked Larry Johnson. Okay. I'd like to uh, propose a rule change oh. in terms of the the judges for the final face-off. Okay. I, Andrew, would like to switch places with you, and you're the tiebreaker, and I become the tiebreaker. That's okay. Cool. That's fine. Because we're because we're the olds. Okay. Got it. So this is Alan Houston against Larry Johnson, the one against the two. Someone seated this bracket perfectly. I mean, these are the two. These are the two. I know. Unless, unless, to be fair, if someone like Ray had created this bracket, we would be talking about yeah. moments in the <laughs> 1970s, in the late 1960s. Yes. We don't have any of them past 1999. So- yeah, well, the last twenty five years. years. Yeah, right. last twenty five years. So the f- <laughs> I would offer make sure before I say this out loud that I believe it. 
Do, 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 do. I would offer that there are only two other contenders between the championship seasons, which I quite frankly don't know specific moments from those seasons other than like Willis walking out and the ones we've all seen highlights of. But there are only two other moments. If we if we did go back to 1973, there were only, only two other moments that would be in contention to end up in the final four. One is the Houston putback dunk on the Starks miss, uh, which got them to the finals. And uh, Ewing put back dunk. Yeah. Ewing, what did I say? Houston, but they're Ewing, 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 Ewing. Play Ewing Houston. So yeah, Ewing, Ewing put back dunk on the Starks miss um, to send them to the finals in '94, and then the the dunk um, in against the Bulls in 1993 playoffs. I don't think that there's another one other than those two. Now that would be a hell of a final in the four. '90s or in general. No, it, I don't think there's anything in the '80s that would beat any of the R two. Yeah, sure. Two, two, and the the two I just mentioned. But what about the Clyde game in Game Seven? That's I'm, not, I'm not going. Uh, yeah, you're saying I'm you're not going, going back to gotcha. seventy three or before. I'm not going back to to any of that. I, I well, again because I don't your memory's a little fuzzy at that point. Just a bit. <laughs> too many trips to Woodstock and uh, ayahuasca. A few, a yeah. few. Um, anyway, uh, Andrew, you you go first. Houston game winner versus the Larry Johnson football. So here's the tough part because the Houston game winner was the first round. Yep, it did end the series though. The Larry Johnson four point play was in the conference finals, and the significant part about it for me is from what. I mean, Ewing was out for the season from after game two is where he was officially out with the Achilles. And then this was yeah. the first game without him. And yep. this was like, oh, wow, we're still, we still have a chance to like win this series now. Yep. Um, so we completely turned the series around in the way that like, oh, now we're just two wins away from the finals and games five and six proved that out. Um, I personally have to go with the the Nick Heat rivalry because of just reasons like it's the one that means the most to me in basketball. Um, there's the Riley connection. The um, ironically having to root for a Tim Hardaway later in my life was just the weirdest personal experience ever. Uh, and again, as much as y'all call me a mellow stand, my favorite Nick ever is Allen Houston. So um, Allen Houston is my pick for this. So the other thing about the LJ shot, you have to consider how much the, the, the you have to sir the roller coaster of a ride of emotion specifically within that series. You just mentioned Ewing going out. Um game one, of course, the Knicks won. Game two, which I will never forget Ewing walking off the court, yelling into oblivion, and like I think he even like slammed the something on his way out of there, and you, he was done. They could have won game two. They had they had a chance to win game two and they and they did not pull through. So it was like, oh my god, we're actually we may actually go to the NBA Finals after game one. And then you, when they had game two right there, you're like, okay, we got. I mean, it's here for us. We got to we got to get game two too. And they didn't. And then to be down three at the end of game three, and you're like, oh my god, this was there for us. And then and now we're gonna blow it, which is what I mean. What made the emotions of that shot? It wasn't just that game. It was everything leading up to it. All that being said, the shot never happens if the Houston shot doesn't go down. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's yep. my favorite. My favorite moment as a Nick fan. 
The only other part about the LJ shot that I think needs to be mentioned is that it was at the garden. It has that iconic, like drop the plunger, garden explodes the scene from the zoomed out cam of the entire garden. And that to me was when people talk about how like there's no other place like Madison Square Garden. That's the first memory that I attribute to that description. Yes. Amazing shot. That said, the shot from the other end of the court after Houston ran down mm-hmm. and had the fist pump that was three quarters court in the making. And you knew the crowd around him. He was pumping that baby into a, just a silent crowd, although there were a lot of fans there. Let me just say, though, again, other fans who were there and remember this may recall this differently. When that shot went down and I think if if memory serves, I think Hawks the Hawks game it didn't matter who I but I want to say the other game five was earlier that day. Um, so we it knew, wasn't it was later it was later it was the, later that was the first game of the day Knicks Heat. Okay, so but yeah. so fine it was later but it was Hawks. Like Believe. it was not a great team that whoever was the they Pistons, were playing. But I'll look it up. I think it was the Pistons too. Um, whatever it was not a great team. There was zero doubt in my mind that once that Houston shot went down, that we were winning the next round and that we were going to have a chance to go to the NBA Finals, um, which is why, like, again, that was the moment for me that, like, oh, my God, this team could do this. Um, and so I understand first round, the whole thing. It was more than that. It was so much more than that in the moment. To say nothing of the fact that, as you were already alluded to, Andrew, it was the fucking heat. You know? The, that Atlanta Hawks game... Was 87-75. Now, I shouldn't... The Knicks game was 78-77, so the score doesn't matter. But that... The the Atlanta Hawks had 8,000 people in attendance for this game. 8.4, to be exact. Jeez. My goodness. and And the Knicks went into Atlanta, and I know the scores were, like, probably, like, somewhat close. Those games weren't close. Uh, the scores were the the Knicks didn't lose. Every game was at least an eight point win, which back in those days was like twenty five points. Right, like a, that's like a thirty point win now. Yeah, you um, like needed seven possessions to get seven points back then. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the Allen Houston game winner versus the Heat um, is our winner. That is our winner, and I would be curious if this did go up against the Ewing putback dunk in '94, which one which one would come out on top. Uh, But that'll be a conversation, I guess, for another day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.